The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show at 532. So glad you chose to join us. Yeah, you can jump in at 512-836-0590. We begin with the big stories. That long-awaited bipartisan Senate border policy and national security deal was finally unveiled Sunday. And now lawmakers have had a chance to walk home through some of the details. Uh, there's the whole, it hasn't really moved the needle in uh, for it or against it in many regards. Here's newsman John Stolness. Speaking on the Senate floor yesterday afternoon, Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell urged his colleagues to support the border security package that would also unlock the national security supplemental and aid packages to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. This is a humanitarian and security crisis of historic pr- proportions. And Senate Republicans have assisted, not just for months, but for years that this urgent crisis demanded action. However, after Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced a cloture vote tomorrow on the compromise, McConnell emerged from a closed-door meeting with colleagues late last night and is now threatening to block the bill from coming to the floor Wednesday due to opposition from some Republicans and others who want the opportunity to amend the legislation. Schumer urging those opposing it to get on board. The $64,000 question now is whether or not senators can drown out the outside noise, drown out people like Donald Trump who want chaos, and do the right thing for America. Among the loudest detractors behind the scenes is Trump, who on Westwood One's Dan Bongino show yesterday hinted the chief Republican negotiator, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, could suffer politically for his role in the creation of this bill. The people in Oklahoma are... You know, these are serious mega. These are serious people. They are not going to be happy about this, Dan, when they see this. This is crazy. This is lunacy, this bill. And you know what it is? It's a gift to the Democrats. On Fox News, Lankford called it a win for conservatives who say they believe the border to be a major issue and noted his goals and Trump's goals are not the same. His job right now is running for president and so he's trying to be able to manage that and obviously a chaotic border is helpful to him in the process on that. House Speaker Mike Johnson said yesterday the Senate bill is dead on arrival in his chamber regardless. But for now, President Joe Biden just wants it to pass the Senate first. Everything in that bipartisan bill John Stolness, Washington. It is 535 here at KLBJ. House Republicans are moving towards a full House vote on impeaching Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The House Rules Committee voting to send their case against Secretary Mayorkas to the full chamber for a vote. The impeachment articles charge that he is willfully and systemically refusing to comply with federal immigration laws and breaching public trust by claiming that the border is secure. Republicans are not mincing words on where they stand. But the White House is denouncing the effort, saying, quote, the impeachment power was never intended as a device for members of an opposing political party to harass executive branch officials over policy disputes. And Democrat lawmakers agree with that. If impeached, Mayorkas will be the first cabinet member, secretary to be impeached since 1876. Several migrants accused of beating a New York City police officer have now been arrested in Phoenix. Immigration and Customs in Enforcement sources telling Fox the migrants allegedly involved in the beating were arrested Monday night at a Greyhound bus station. Their identities have not yet been released. They were believed to be heading to California. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says she wants to talk to the Manhattan DA about why the migrants were released without bail. 
She says prosecutors should have tried to keep them behind bars. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. It is 536. The Austin Police Department wants to transition to more virtual process of booking people into the jailhouse. Here's how this process would work. Instead of having coming down to the central booking facility, every time an Austin police officer arrests someone, they would instead take them to any APD location, fill out the booking forms remotely, and coordinate the initial court hearing virtually, that according to a department memo. Austin Police Association President Michael Bullock, he spoke with KXAN News. It would be a time-saving measure for us. Depending on what area of town they work, depending upon the time of day, this could take an officer out of service for three, maybe four hours to go through the whole process. We have found a lot of efficiencies that can come about through these processes, and the world overall has adapted to this type of technology. Now, this new plan to handle things virtually came about as a way for APD to well, limit patrol officers' time at central booking in the light of the department staffing issues. Some, however, fear that efficiency comes at the cost of quality, and it may hinder due process. Bradley Hargis is the executive director of the Capital Area Private Defender Service, and we spoke with KVU. I find the idea of a virtual magistration process concerning, bordering on alarming. You still are not providing as quality of a hearing as you might in person. Anytime someone is arrested, both from the defendant's perspective and from the community safety perspective, you want a judge to be as fully informed as possible. And according to the APD, the department will test this new program with a mock trial over the next three weeks. From there, the parties involved will address any areas that need improvement to determine the next steps. A lethal Pacific storm, second Pineapple Express, is in under a week has caused severe flooding and mudslides across California. After hurricane-force winds hit northern California, that storm intensified as it moved south, bringing a whole lot of rain to uh, California. Flood alerts are impacting more than 35 million people in California as rushing rivers and flooded streets lead to water rescues. Now, in preparation for the storm, the LEFD added additional teams of swift water Water rescue, community emergency response, urban search and rescue, hand crews, tractor companies, helicopter pilots, command and dispatch to assist the 1,000 LFD firefighters already on duty. L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley says teams are monitoring the weather and closely watching evacuation orders. A number of those in effect as mudslides are a big concern. We are looking and working very, very closely, I should say, with the National Weather Service to monitor the weather conditions and ensure your safety. At least three people have died from fallen trees, the mountains seeing blanketing snow and power outages impacting hundreds of thousands of Californians from the northern to southern part of the state. Los Angeles is activated with our county partners and ready to go. This is all part of our continued proactive response to the storm's potential impacts. LA Mayor Karen Bass. If we need to issue an evacuation warning, Angelinos will be notified through Notify LA. If there is an evacuation order, LAPD will perform door-to-door -door evacuation notifications. LA firefighters rescued 16 people from one street because of mudslides. Rainfall totals as high as 6 to 10 inches in some spots. It's rain and flooding the region is rarely experienced. The National Weather Service says February 4th was the third wettest day ever in LA since 1877. Even when the rain tapers off, major flooding will be a concern for days. 
I'm Clayton Neville. President Joe Biden has record low approval rating. That according to an NBC poll, Fox reporter Thomas uh, Lukinson, he has more from Las Vegas. Biden came here to Las Vegas for some campaign events. Low poll numbers have followed him here. According to a new NBC poll, Biden's approval rating is the lowest of his presidency. Most Americans don't feel very good about the economy right now. According to that NBC News poll, Donald Trump has a 22-point advantage when voters were asked who deals with the economy better. Only 33% said Biden. And the poll shows only about a quarter of Americans think Biden has the necessary mental and physical prowess to be president, a number that has dropped 14 points since before the election in 2020. And also concerning for the president, only 32% of voters think Biden is competent and effective, down from 47% in 2020. Now, Joe Biden is expected to win the Democrat national primary in Las Vegas this week. Former President Donald Trump listing a number of officials, uh, including South uh, Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, He's considering as a selection for uh, the vice presidential nominee. That's what he mentioned during an interview with uh, Fox just a few minutes ago. The governor, Noam, telling Fox, uh, Sean Hannity, that she thinks that uh, being his potential pick and who she thinks should be running uh, mates is, well, may vary. It was very kind of him to say that, um, and he always is fun to listen to. I don't know how long his short list is. He may have 50 people on his short list. Who knows? But um, I think he should pick somebody that will tell him the truth, be a good partner, and that will help him win. Because he absolutely needs to win for the sake of our future. Meanwhile, the former president, Donald Trump, continues to lead in the polls for the Republican nomination. (laughs) 549. Uh, Welcome back to the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us anytime you want at 512-836-0590. The Austin City Council will discuss a proposed environmental investment plan next week. Councilman Ryan Alter is behind this push, and he says the city needs to invest heavily into areas that address climate change, change and sustainability at city operations. Alter says this would probably require the voters to approve a significant sum of debts down the road. So he tells KXAN the city would seek some public feedback and then go from there. And then we'll come back as a council to look at what those options are and figure out how much and what investments we want to make now and what may be over the course of a few years. And if the council decides to move forward with this uh, next week, recommendations would be made by the council as early as May. The city of Austin is officially accepting development applications as of this week under the new home initiative spearheaded by councilperson Leslie Poole. It allows up to three housing units on land zoned for single-family homes. And Poole says this will make buying a home more accessible for a lot of people. Austin used to be a place for young people who came for college or for work and wanted to stay. They could find a starter home and make their way in Austin. That's simply not possible anymore. The zoning change also removes all occupancy limits. Critics continue to argue that this will only incentivize developers to buy up property and drive up cost. It is 5.51, and with a look at Tuesday business, here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a pullback for stocks yesterday. The Dow plunged down more than 270 points. It was dragged lower by shares of McDonald's, down 3.5%. It reported mixed quarterly results, blaming violence in the Middle East for lower international sales. 
But investors also didn't love that the Fed dashed hopes of a near-term interest rate cut, plus bond yields spiked. Yields up pretty sharply over two days. Mm -hmm. The index itself very overbought. You know, February you get some chop. So don't be surprised if we find an excuse to back off. But when earnings are not setting off alarms in a broad sense, and they're not, and you're not necessarily seeing uh, the economy buckle in any way, and uh, it, it's it's tough to, to make the outright negative case. CNBC's Mike Santoli. Companies whose shares hit all-time highs yesterday include Chipotle, which reports quarterly results today, Berkshire Hathaway Class B, Amgen, Boston Scientific, Eli Lilly, Caterpillar, and NVIDIA. The spring housing market just got a little worse, something real estate agents don't want to hear after last year's worst home sales year since 1995. Mortgage rates have jumped back up. The average rate on the 30-year fixed crossed back over 7% to 7.04%. That according to Mortgage News Daily, and it was thanks to a surge in bond yields. It made the biggest jump in over a year on Friday after the Labor Department reported a much higher employment number than expected. And the Fed has kind of made it pretty clear that we do not expect a rate cut in March. So the 30-year fixed rate had hit a more than 20-year high of 8% last October, but then fell sharply, hitting a recent low of 6.6% at the end of December. So potential homebuyers had been getting a little break. Now it's getting harder again. CNBC's Diana Olick. Now we told you McDonald's shares dropped on disappointing quarterly results, but Shamrock Shake fans are happy. McDonald's brought back Shamrock Shakes two weeks early this year. They are in restaurants. Jessica, there is at least one state where insurance companies are reviewing, actually doing business there. It's California, enduring another wave of atmospheric river storms. It is impacting the U.S. insurance industry. L.A., Santa Barbara, Palm Springs, San Diego, where flooding rains are rare, saw widespread damage. Wind, downed trees, and for those who carry comprehensive insurance on their autos, flooded cars all come back to the insurers. At a time, of course, when car insurers are just starting to be able to have the capacity to raise rates in California um, and seeing some give on the regulations. But the California Insurance Department says fewer than 2% of Californians actually carry flood insurance on their home. CNBC's Contessa Brewer. That is Jessica Edinger reporting. It is 554. NASA says it's discovered a super-Earth exoplanet that may have conditions able to support life. NASA says the recently discovered super-Earth exoplanet is ripe for further investigation. The planet, dubbed TOI 715b, is fairly close by astronomical standards, only 137 light-years from Earth. The exoplanet's about one and a half times as wide as Earth and is orbiting within a conservative, habitable zone around its parent star. NASA defines a habitable zone as the distance from the star that could give the planet the right temperature for liquid water to form on its surface. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Just as exciting for scientists, uh, the same system may also harbor a second Earth-sized planet. It is 554. Bullet Points. I'm Eben Brown. Could Florida undo its gun law changes? Florida lawmakers, after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in 2018, opted to raise the minimum age one could buy a long gun, including semi-automatic rifles, from 18 to 21. Opponents called it unconstitutional, though federal courts didn't agree. But now lawmakers want to reverse that. A new bill under consideration in the Florida House of Representatives in Tallahassee would revert that minimum age to 18. They tried last year, but the bill didn't pass the Florida State Senate. 
Gun control activists have called the 2018 law a gold standard for school safety, and they oppose repealing it. So far, no Florida state senator has filed a companion bill to the one in the Florida House, and until they do, the matter won't go forward. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Oh, goodness. 6.05 here on the Tuesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. I'm Todd Jeffries. He's Patrick Osborne. Mm-hmm. Vandy, our producer, is here. Wow. We got the texting machine. It's up and running. But you can call us, too. Use the same number, 512-836-0590. Well, it appears that... Um, Mitch McConnell is uh, turning his back on this uh, this border bill. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, minority leader, Mitch McConnell, the Republican from Kentucky, he made a shocking decision that, uh, well, it recommended Republicans block the advancement of the Senate, uh, you know, uh, pro-immigration bill, uh, border bill. The first procedural vote was set for uh, tomorrow. It's unknown if the majority leader, Chuck Schumer, will uh, forge ahead with this. Mm. Even though Chuck Schumer says you got to vote on this, including the funding for Ukraine and Israel, or else your children are going to have to go fight the Russians in Ukraine. He did make a very ominous sort of uh, indirect threat of that. Yeah, yeah. And he made it sound like if this doesn't happen, your kids are going to be fighting Russians. Sounds like hand combat in Moscow. It sounds like a threat, really. It, it does. It's exactly what it sounds well, like. Listen, no, we don't need a border bill. Uh, Joe Biden has every asset at his fingertips right. uh, to secure this border. Yeah, Joe Biden claims that he needs new laws from Congress to secure the border, and this is just flat-out false. Under the U.S. Constitution, Biden could take any action right this very minute to secure the border and stop this invasion. And, in fact, he could reverse what he reversed on day one in office. Here's Governor Greg Abbott. Biden says he needs Congress uh, to give him the power to do whatever he needs to do to secure the border. The fact is, as we all saw from what President Trump did, the president of the United States has the power. I must emphasize this. Uh, there is an obligation, there are laws uh, in the United States uh, that require the president to deny illegal entry of any I- illegal immigrant. And then if they do get into the United States, he has a legal obligation to detain those illegal immigrants. Joe Biden is failing at both of those duties. And that's exactly what gives Texas the authority uh, to make sure that we can step up and secure our own border and protect our own own state through self-defense. Listen, the, the number of crossings has, has plummeted there in Eagle Pass. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks to Governor Greg Abbott's efforts in the Guard. Yeah, I, I mean, that you know, that, that that's something that I think Greg Abbott and Texas can definitely take credit for. There, you know, at least. I don't think anybody could justify 5,000 up to 8,500 illegal immigrants being allowed every day. I don't think anybody can justify that. No. Well, somebody's trying to because it's in this bill. Mm. But, you know, you, you're right. Uh, you know, when you say that this is not anything that's needed. This legislation is this legislation is solely there so we can prop up Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Our border security, that's twenty billion, that's that's a consolation prize. Here's what the former president, Donald Trump, had to say. You have the right to close up your border. You don't need bills that complicate it and make it to a level that nobody's going to be able to do it. And the minimum was 5,000 people a day, if that can be right. I, it's hard to believe that that can be right, but they were negotiating... To allow 5,000 people a day, that's a tremendous amount. Nobody wants to have that happen to our country, and they're still not going to know where they're coming from. Right now, we have no idea 
who these people are that are pouring into our countries. Last night I watched where they're beating up police officers in New York City, a gang of people that just came in that didn't speak English. Nobody knows who they are, where they come from. And very importantly, they come from, I can tell you, they come from jails and prisons. They come from mental, mental institutions mm. and insane asylums. And they're terrorists. They have a lot of terrorists coming, too. And we don't want them. I'm sorry. You know, so we had a very strong border. Yeah, now listen, we got an update on those uh, illegal aliens that roughed up uh, those uh, New York police officers. Mm. Some of them may have been apprehended now. Heard that. Yeah, in, they were, they in were on Arizona. their way west. Yeah, well, they were on their way on some one of those buses, and uh, they got pulled over and got stopped uh, there in Arizona. That's great. And now, the, you know, there's been some images of them, uh, you know, online with uh, uh, handcuffs and all. So I, there I, you I, go. I just think it's interesting, too, that, you know, that there's still, I mean, you know, if, if anybody else had gone and, and, and beaten up two cops, New York cops or any cop, any big city cop especially, and we would already, their names and their faces, everything would be blasted all over the place. But we still actually know, I mean, do we know, like, the guys' names, you know, who... Uh, yeah, we got a few of the names. They're from we? Venezuela. Well, I knew, we, I knew they were yeah. from Venezuela, but I mean, are, the, are these guys here, the, are the same ones that they yeah. caught out there in Arizona, well, the same ones that beat them up, right? That's what the authorities are saying, yeah. Hmm, all right, well, uh, well, that's great, though. I, I, they were on their way out there to California to get some freebies, and they didn't get there. Speaking of those uh, illegal aliens causing some trouble in uh, America's streets... How about these two men that have been busted in the Bronx as part of a moped-riding migrant crew that's been uh, snatching cell phones right out of the hands of New Yorkers in, uh, you know, uh, a, a daring burst of street crime? Uh, police uh, sources say that they've already uh, flipped on the group's ringleader. Uh, two of the suspects, uh, Kleber Andre, he's 19, and Juan Uchenka, uh, both, uh, you know, uh, operating this ring. And apparently they're connected to 62 different incidents of uh, grand larceny throughout the Big Apple, including uh, the shocking video that was caught on tape of this heist of this 62-year-old woman brutally dragged down um, some Brooklyn streets. Cops are still searching for the ringleader, who is a Venezuelan illegal immigrant named Victor Para. He's 30 and somewhere in the Bronx, according to the story, who was out on uh, on loose by, by a judge in December after getting picked up for a grand larceny, according to sources. So we got gangs of Venezuelans who were a gang in Venezuela, now doing what they do in Venezuela, uh, wreaking havoc on the streets. Did you see the video of the guy stole the moped? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and dragged that poor person, like, I, I, into a pole. Looked like it slammed up. He slammed against a pole, like a parking meter, maybe. Kind of thing that, you know, like, could crack a rib, a skull, a bone. I mean, obviously, it did not feel good. And... uh it, it's just, it's getting worse and worse and worse out there. It seems like the FBI would uh, be on the trail of these Venezuelan gang members. Seems like that uh, should be a top priority. That sounds like an extreme like, public safety threat to me. Like, like end it today. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, does that seem like a, a logical request? Yeah, it, it certainly doesn't seem like too much to ask. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what the taxpayers pay for, right? Public safety. I know, but we got parents asking about curriculum questions at school board meetings. Mm. 6.33 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Uh, rest in peace, Toby Keith. Yeah, what a shame. Uh, yeah, yeah, dead at the age of uh, 62, had a battle with cancer. And yeah. uh, a lot of people texting this morning. You'll hear a lot of that in the news, of course. But uh, yeah, rest in peace. Uh, Toby Keith. I guess he was a, a pretty influential guy in, in, in modern country. I'm not much of a country music guy, but yeah. I, 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 I guess he oh, was Oh, very popular. Pretty Absolutely. Big. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he's from Oklahoma. I think it is. Okay. I think he was. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but uh, he did uh, have a you know a documented battle with uh, with cancer. 
which which brings us to another story. King Charles uh, the third diagnosed with cancer, postponing some public duties. Mm. It sounds like it's uh, time for William to step up. Ah, yes. William, at least temporarily, right? And for some engage some engagements. Uh, that's what we're hearing across the pond. Uh, is he is he the next one in line? I don't know how the succession works. I think so, right? And then you got the other one, the the ugly redheaded one. He's the spare, right? Yeah. He's the one they call the spare. Harry, yeah, Harry. Harry's the spare. <laughs> with, yeah. with Meghan Markle. Harry and Meghan. Yes. That's right. Well, you know, may, I, I, I guess they might be a little happy today. You know, I'm they're sure. one step closer to the throne. I'm sure Meghan Markle's very upset. She's, yeah, it I'm is sure uh, is. 6.33. You could jump in at 512-836-0590. We got an update on this border bill, if you're just now, uh, you know, moving around this morning, uh, Mitch McConnell has turned against the border bill, basically because uh, of the public outrage. Yeah, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, he made a shocking decision to recommend Republicans block the advancement of the Senate pro-illegal immigration border bill. Yeah, that first procedural vote was scheduled for uh, tomorrow. It's unknown if the Majority Leader uh, will uh, Chuck Schumer will bring it forward. Uh, McConnell cited the overwhelming number of Senate Republicans uh, that are planning to vote against this measure, either on substance or because they want more time. I don't know anything. I'm just a turtle. Yeah, the <laughs> a longtime <laughs> Republican leader uh, has spoken in favor of this deal, but he didn't express any personal hesitation about the legislation. And, uh, and basically, according to Punchbowl, McConnell said the political mood in the country has changed since negotiations began months ago. At the time, McConnell and Democrat leaders agreed uh, to a pair of foreign aid bills for Ukraine, which McConnell is in the sentence, uh, you know, the greatest champion uh, with the border compromise. Uh, Democrats, although uh, they also uh, generally are in favor of aiding Ukraine's, you know, war with Russia, uh, use McConnell's uh, fervor for Ukraine to aid against uh, the Republicans and dangling a proposed border compromise in exchange for um, aid in the uh, European nation. Mm. Uh, jump in at 512 Eight three six zero five ninety. Chuck Schumer basically um, had a threat yesterday to the American people. Support this aid to Ukraine, or else your children are going to have to come fight the Russians. That's basically what he said. Yeah, I mean, he he he. You know, it wasn't. It was pretty ominous. Yeah, I, I, it was. It was pretty clear what he was. The message he was trying to send there. It, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll send your kids off to fight Russians hand to hand on the ground, unless you know, unless we pass this bill. And 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 this is not a this is not a border security package. This is a foreign welfare package. We're worried about the borders of Ukraine. We're worried about Israel. We're worried about what Taiwan. We're not really worried about us. Twenty no. billion dollars is a consolation prize for us. Also, we can just give more judges to process up to five thousand people a day through. You know, it's it's not how you run a country. You know, typically, you know, when Mitch McConnell supports something or or speaks out against something, it's it's a pretty good safe bet to pick the opposite, right? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is uh, 636. Listen, the Austin Police Department would like to transition to more virtual process of uh, booking people into the jailhouse. Think Zoom, if you will. Save time. Save money. Save right. resources. Right. Here's how it would work. It, instead of, uh, you know, having to, to bring a, a suspect to central booking downtown facility every time uh, that an arrest is made, they could instead take them to one of the many APD locations fill out the, the, the paperwork remotely, and then coordinate the initial court hearing virtually. And they say that this would, uh, well, give officers time to get back out on the streets to, uh, to chase crime. Yeah. Uh, here's Austin Police Association, APA President Michael Bullock, 
uh, in a conversation with KXAN. It'll be a time-saving measure for us. Depending on what area of town they work, depending upon the time of day, this could take an officer out of service for three, maybe four hours to go through the whole process. We have found a lot of efficiencies that can come about through these processes, and the world overall has adapted to this type of technology. That's true. The world has adapted to the technology. Mm. Uh, now, this new plan for handling things virtually, uh, it, it, it came out as a way for APD to, uh, you know, get officers back out on the streets. You know, we have a shortage. There, there's a significant cost savings here, too, from what, from what I've heard from APD. You know, I mean, the, the, the county... Uh, I guess the previous contract that the city had with the county for booking mm. uh, was was like six point nine million dollars a year. That was going to go up to uh, nine, almost ten million dollars. Where and so wow. that that's money that the city that the department could be saving by doing it this way. That's how much the county was going to charge the city. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it was six point nine million dollars for the previous contract. That was up. You know, the public safety commission. Which is extremely anti-cop, by the way. They, you know, they, they didn't. Ultimately, they didn't decide to push back on this plan mm. either. You know, and, and it's not even really a pilot program. They're just going to try it out and, and see if it works a little bit. Bradley Hargis is the executive director of the Capital Area Private Defender Service. He spoke with KVU. I find the idea of a virtual magistration process concerning, bordering on alarming. You still are not providing as quality of a hearing as you might in person. Anytime someone is arrested, both from the defendant's perspective and from the community safety perspective, you want a judge to be as full Fully informed as possible. Yeah, according to APD, the department will test this new program, kind of a mock trial, if you will, for the next three weeks. And uh, and then from there, the parties involved will address some of the areas that may need improvement to determine what's a, you know, if this can continue or not. Mm. Well, I, I mean, a APD seems like they're, they're pretty confident that they could get this, you know, up and running yeah. pretty smoothly. And I guess they're going to try it on a very, you know, small, maybe case-by-case -case basis for the time being. I think there's a lot of concern, too, about, you know, whether or not you know, you would have legal representation, you know, on your first appearance and things like that, which the Travis County has really put a lot of effort into making happen. Sure. Uh, but, I, you know, I, it's worth the shot. I mean, certainly right now we're talking about a, a police department that's that's down 500 cops. I think this is pretty common in other cities, right? Sure. Other jurisdictions? I think so. And uh, I don't know if they've had any, uh, you know, rampant problems or not. but I, I, I None that I've heard of. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Listen, uh, we got a new name uh, in the race to uh, to be mayor of Austin, Texas. Okay. Let me get this right. Is it Doug Greco? Yes, Doug Did I say Greco. that right? Yeah. just want to get that right. I'm, I'm not familiar with him, but apparently he's been in town a while. Yeah, he's uh, the executive director of Central Texas Interfaith. Okay. And uh, and that's uh, that's a group of religious leaders representing many faiths, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, he's also a, a kind of, I don't know about an activist, but certainly an advocate for the LGBT community. Now what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, well, you know, is he a, is he an advocate or an ally? Because there's a difference. Uh, well, he's gay himself, so well, I, I well, so so I, well, I just actually just found I, that out. So I, I guess he's part of the community. Well, I don't care what that is. I don't care if he's gay. I don't care about that. But what does it mean to be an advocate for the LGBT community? Gay. gay what does gay. that mean? Uh, let's see here. He talked to the Austin Monitor. He says uh, he stresses his background in defending LGBTQ rights and the rights of other marginalized communities. What rights? Is he trying to defend? I'm just curious. I'm not asking you. I'm asking him. I'm just curious. Fair question. He says he wants to focus on uh, equality and affordability. No. Not sure you can have both. Uh, former <laughs> councilwoman Kathy Tovo and uh, community activist Carmen uh, Polito. There are also uh, a couple of other candidates. Although it's believed that uh, current mayor Kirk Watson will soon announce his uh, re-election bid. He hasn't done that yet. No, no. 
Now, this uh, Greco guy says he'll uh, he'll support unions, living wage jobs, public schools, and effective workforce development. You can just call him Greg. You don't have to say this Greco guy. You know, I mean, the way you said it, it sounded kind of mean. This Greco dude? Yeah. This sounded, guy. Sounded like you're already a little aggressive towards hey, this him. this guy Greco. This Doug Greco guy. You know about guy. this Greco guy? Let me tell you about this guy. Yeah. Now he's, uh, let's see. He also wants to end homelessness, build affordable housing, invest in rental assistance, and ensure any land oh, use code please. changes benefit working people and not private equity firms. His record skips. It, it does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> all of the candidates, Tovo and uh, Carmen Polito, they've all said the very same thing. They want to solve the homeless crisis and address affordability. No one has ever done that. No one has ever made that happen. Well, I don't know. I guess they do address it. They just address it in the opposite direction. Yeah. Everything gets more affordable and homelessness gets worse. That's true. I didn't think about that. That's all that's happened under this 10-1 council, right? That's true. That's true. Got a lot of money stockpiled to deal with the homelessness, but... Uh, they're not using it. They're not using it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, well, uh, well, well uh, good luck to Mr. Uh, this Greco dude. And uh, and maybe we can get him on the air and, and uh, you know, just, uh, you know, press him on some of the issues. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he's got a solution to the homeless problem. He's got a solution to the affordability crisis. Claims to. But don't they all? I'm sure it, I'm sure it involves big bond packages, right? <laughs> 648 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Welcome back. And let's squeeze in Russell in North Austin this morning. Hey, Russell, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I was I was going down Dessau last night about 6:45, and there was apparently a pedestrian-involved accident. I I couldn't tell for sure. I was in the opposite lane, uh, but I haven't been able to find anything out about what happened in that area. Was it Dessau around Pioneer, around Arborside, Pioneer Hills, that area? What happened? What'd you um, see? Uh, well, there were there were cars that were that were parked on either side of on both lanes going. Uh, going toward Breaker, and there was a group of people that were gathered around somebody on, uh, off the side of the road. There was an ambulance that showed up, and then about two hours later, coming home, they had that entire area completely blocked off by the police. Nobody was going through there. Yeah, it sounds like somebody um, may have been hit by a car, and they just they got an investigation. It sounds sound like it, but I, I was unable to find anything in the news uh, about any kind of traffic accident or anything. Uh, the only thing I was able to find was on the street view was that 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 entire area yeah. was closed. It's very possible. That's um, uh, that's such a low-level story that you know the news media hasn't picked it up. We haven't heard about it until you brought it to our attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was looking well, for then, it. Uh, then, then last night, while I was while my son and I were out at our men's group meeting, uh, my wife called me just a few minutes later and said there was someone screaming uh, outside the front door. And and I said, look, I'm going to turn around and come right back home. And she said, no, just go to your men's group. And so. We finally got home at about at about nine thirty that nine thirty last night, and there was a shirtless guy standing across the street from our house, just screaming incomprehensibly in Spanish. He had he had no shirt, just his pants. Hair was all crazy. Uh, just just absolutely having either he was, it was either a psychotic or a drug induced break. Is that uh, the, is that the first time you've seen something like that? In, in our, in, well, I mean, up and down our street, there's there's homeless, but there was the first time anyone had ever actually wandered into our neighborhood, and especially not right in front of my wife's, our front door. Yeah. Um, and and my wife was just, she was just in a panic last night. What, did you call the police? 
Well, I, I went. I, I was going to call the police, and it uh, uh, turns out a neighbor of ours um, had already called the police. He texted me and said, "Yeah, this um, this guy that you know the, the police came out, and instead of taking him to, uh, uh, they took him to a sobering up center, and we're going to just they were going to sober him up and let him go rather than take him to someplace for mental health because the guy was having the guy was just." I don't know. It was completely un- incomprehensible. Where would they take um, him for mental health screen? Where would they take him? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't. Have I, no idea. I, I don't think. I don't think the authorities have any idea either. I don't think there is yeah, a place. It, it, yeah, no, there's not a place like this. State hospital, maybe. They're still under construction over there. I mean, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's and I mean, I, even when I, it opens, I, all the Ru- beds are full. Russell, Russell, you just experienced what a lot of people have experienced over the years whenever they come in contact with. The mentally ill, drug-induced, oh, yeah. homeless community. This is, and this is the first time it's been that well near your doorstep. Absolutely, and it, yeah. in, in my doorstep, yeah. I mean, my wife, I, I used to, I used to do scooters for for the different, you know, micro mobility companies here around town, and we would pick up scooters down down, you know, down Sixth Street. And we saw it all the time. And I yeah. still do delivering food for grub up yeah, yeah, all and, over the place. And Russell, you don't want this to happen in your neighborhood. You don't want this on your block. Your city no, council not, no, not, not the way it affected my wife last night. Yeah, Absolutely well your your city council person is listening right this very minute. What message might you want have for that city council member? Get off your and do something about this. Yeah. I hear We're you. Spending money on, on, on painting rainbow stripes across my streets and put lights down here so people aren't hitting homeless people or whoever whoever's getting hit coming up and down Dessau. Don't judge. And yeah. get and get some home get some get some people out here that can handle the handle the crisis that you've created. Mm. That's what I got to say. Good point, Russell. Yeah. Thanks for checking in, man. I appreciate your call. It is uh, 6:53. Uh Bill and Leander this morning. Bill, good morning. Morning. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind, Bill? Hey, I just wanted to mention um, regarding that David Greco that you said was running, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that Oz was saying he's running on a platform of equity, affordability, and uh, homeless crisis. And I just chuckled because I'm like, wow, as you mentioned, no different messaging. And I think in this area of Austin, because it's left and even far left, you don't even have to package it differently. Maybe in some other cities, the messaging would be you know, repackaged in a different format. Yeah. It just amazes me that, uh, you know, there's no originality, no original idea. It's just the same thing. And I, I thought back about Beto, you know, how many runs have we seen of Beto just kind of repackaged with the same messaging? It, it's just laughable. It is, Bill, but it, but but it, in Austin, Texas, it works. It often does, yeah. Right, that, 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 that language works, right? It gets people like Jose Garza elected. It does, you know, and, yeah. and most of that worthless city council that we have yeah wouldn't it be refreshing to hear a city council or a mayor candidate come up and say i support the police we're going to hire more police we're going to make this city safe again Mm. we're going to clean up the entertainment district we're going to make it safe again and you're not going to commit crimes against the people anymore right maybe maybe in a mayor candidate that endorses a a tough on crime uh kind of district attorney possibly oh man wouldn't that be nice to see those two partner in making the city better? I'll tell you, we need something like that. You know, that would get immediate, that message would get immediate pushback. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ.